You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Mizzou That's Who. Well, thanks to a Harrison Nevis field goal, the leg of Harrison Nevis gives the Missouri Tigers another win as they claim a 33-31 victory over the Florida Gators, escape the near-upset victory. Welcome into Mizzou, that's who your podcast from Missouri Athletics here on KC Sports Network, hanging out with Gabe Diarman and Maggie Johnson. Gabe, how you doing? Exhausted. Other than that, I got nothing. Uh, no, that was... I mean, that was one of those that you just walk out the stadium, you, even just if you were there as a fan, and like you're just kind of wrung out. I mean, that was, I, I think it was six lead changes in the second half, you know, and and I know not a game that Missouri fans went into expecting to be that close. Again, I, I thought all week people were kind of, don't get me wrong, I picked a two-touchdown game, but I thought there was a chance that what happened Saturday night could happen. And and I don't think most people even had that on their radar as possible. And I'm not sure how Florida's five and six, because they got some dudes on that team. Yeah, played well, put up a great fight. They also didn't have two of their starting tackles, I don't think. Their starting quarterback went out in the middle of the game, and it was still a two-point game. Uh, Maggie, how were, how were the vibes at Pharrell? They were good. I I agree. And you know, none of us here, I feel like we're pretty unbiased whenever we make picks and things like that. And we all picked Mizzou to cover. And I feel like we're all usually pretty, you know, level-headed on that. And not that we weren't, but I mean, I picked 35-21, I think. And that's the definitely the biggest point cover I've ever picked for Mizzou. And I probably should have, you know, thought that through a little bit. But I think after they picked us to be two and a half point underdogs to Tennessee, I just, you know, I'm going to go with the the theme here. I feel like Mizzou still thought that they, you know, I still think that they do think that they have something to prove. And I just think that there was so much going on, the, the pomp and circumstance of it all, I guess you could say. And... Yeah, I think we just got kind of caught up in the moment, but you got out of there with a win. And I think that's the most important part. I don't think that anything's really going to change in terms of rankings. I mean, I mean, the only thing I could see changing maybe is the Louisville, but that's really it. I don't think it will because they played a tough one with Miami still. So I think everything is fine. Yeah, Mizzou moved up to 10 of the eight people. Um, that's because Oregon State lost. And, and the coaches, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, um, they, that's just – and everybody underneath them moved up. It was funny to look at, like, the eight people and just see just, like, up one, up one, up one, up one for everybody. Um, so this happens with some, when, when teams like that lose. But, look, I mean, nine-win season for the Missouri Tigers so far. Uh, first nine-win season since 2014 and ninth in the program's history. Um Obviously a big win. It was one of those that I had texted somebody after the game was over, and I and I said, Gabe, pretty much what you said is I said I'm worn out, like I was tired, like I was I was ready for bed at that point. I was like I, I can't watch any more football. That mentally drained me. Uh, I can't do it. Uh, and I, I at one point I texted BJ Kissel and I said uh, this game's gonna put me in the hospital um, just because of, <laughs> of everything that was going on. Uh, it, it was clear in some in, in some ways that Missouri was missing two of their starting linebackers on defense. Uh, that was one of the frustrations that arose for me uh, very quickly in that game. Um, is as every middle aged man likes to yell at their TV to uh, teenagers playing college football. Wrap up is what I found myself yelling a whole lot uh, during that game. Uh, but that was I think, and Eli Drink was even addressed that after the game of like I think he was asked about like oh. How are the how are the losses of Tyron Hopper? And he said, "Well, it was pretty evident." And yeah, I, and I think that like that we all kind of felt that way. Yeah, and, and the defense had trouble tackling. I mean, to the point where had they lost, the play we all remember is, "Oh, hey, the quarterback just brought two guys at one time and knocked them both out of the game." And oh, by the way, knocked himself out of the game on the very next play. Yeah, um, I don't know. The season tackling was 
Yeah, tackling was bad. Um, you know, Drink said, uh, he said he was concerned coming in, and this is kind of what we don't think about, because of the energy that Missouri had to put into the last sure. few weeks. You know, it, and we talk about it all the time, but like you have at number one Georgia, it is the game they all came here to play. And then you come back the very next week and you have to get back up for Tennessee. And it's why we talk about all the time, like these, you know, smaller conference teams that they go 12 and 0. Yeah, but if they played in this league, they wouldn't go 12 and 0 because it's you have to get up every week because if you're not up, Florida which is going to finish 5 and 7 might beat you. You know, um and Missouri's been that 5 and 17 that that can at times beat at, at times beat somebody. Um they left a lot of points on the score on the field in this game. Yeah. A, a lot of points. It's it's such a misleading thing. Missouri is number 1 in the country in red zone scoring percentage. They're 71st percentage like i mean they were trading seven for three a lot and that that was really the only difference in the game um you know kind of late third quarter is hey missouri turned a couple of those into touchdowns or maybe not had three touchdowns called back by penalty um you know so which were varying levels of good calls probably uh it, it would have been a far different game but it wasn't um they found themselves in a in a street fight and like they'd done more often than not they they just found a way you know and in this time it was fourth and 17 here's a question for you where is mizzou at in terms of a season because we know where mizzou's at in terms of you know we're, we're like where we're actually at you know we're nine and two it's a great season but like where are we at overall if we are turning those into touchdowns you know what i mean because are we are we 10 and 1 are we 11 and 0 yeah i mean it it is kind of at that point where i think people are looking back and going "Hmm, that snap against lsu kind of hurts worse because like it didn't hurt that bad at the time because none of us thought this was a 10 and 2 team you know and mm, the pick against georgia hurts a little worse you know i get it but you take those, and you also understand you just picked up fourth and seventy. You just you had a sixty-two yard field goal that won a game. You know, like it's, I think, I, I think most people look at the team and think, yeah, ten and two, top ten in the country. That's that's probably about what they really are, right? Um, I, yeah, however, they've gotten here. I, I think you end up most times uh, about where you should be, and, and I think what Missouri is is a team that, and, and people really need to understand this over the next six to 12 days. If they beat Arkansas, there is almost no way they are missing the New Year's Six. Like, it would have to be nuclear winter of things to happen or the committee to just wake up and go, no, we're just kidding. We told you. Why? Yeah. Or, and, but there's also basically no way they're making the play. I, I mean, it doesn't matter who loses in front of them. Missouri is going to be a 10-2 and two team at best that didn't win its own division. They're not going to the play. So, just to be happy, this is a team that probably should be 10 and 2, is going to be in the top 10 in the rankings. And that's what they are. And it's cool to talk about, hey, how close we were to more and all that. But, uh, you know, not bad. I do think it's funny that Eli was asked after the game. I just got done listening to his press conference a little bit ago. And he said, someone asked him, do you wish the 12 team playoff was this year? And he said, nope. <laughs> no, he does. Like, right. we don't. Right. It was one of those things where, like, you you know, you know have to say no, and we know that you have to say no, but we know you really mean yes type of deal. Um, but no, it, it, it was... What he really meant was no, but I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I thought it was funny he, when he was uh, taking a, a sip of his Diet Coke, trying not to uh, get, a, get a fine from uh, officials, because, like, the ending of that game uh, oh my God. was insane. They put a second back on the clock, and I was very confused because I was like, wait, didn't didn't like they already do a post game interview with Eli Drinkwitz and like that's why I was so confused and I was like am I is, is like something rest messed up with my TV did it accidentally go back a little bit and I was like no this is live um I, that was by far one of the most bizarre things that I've seen I don't know if I'd ever seen that and and Eli even said in the post press post game presser that you know there was a lot of reviews like just in that game as a whole there was a ton of reviews in that game. And I felt like the Luther review took a long time on the touchdown, which he didn't catch that ball, which I was 
I was really hoping that he would have been because how sick would that have been to go on the the old highlight film, the whole the old AM1 mixtape for old Luther. But lots of reviews in that game. The ending of that game. Let's let's just talk about just like that last drive there. There's like a minute and a half and some change. I think it's like maybe a minute thirty three that they get the ball back with thirty six. Yeah, thirty six. Um, and they they get a drive and they get quickly to fourth down. Um, I don't know how how you were feeling, Maggie, in the stadium. How the vibe was is that as they get quickly to fourth down there, fourth and seventeen. Uh, I believe it was after the was it a swing press to Cody Schrader where he ran out of bounds for like a loss of two or something like that. Um, I don't know what the vibe was like, Maggie, around you. Uh, but but take me through kind of what the what the setting was like before that fourth and seventeen. I mean, my my head was in my hands for for a little bit of that. I mean, it. It's so hard in that moment to not think that you're going to lose because you've seen it happen so many times before. And I, I hate to say that, like, because we've talked about, but this like, before, not, but not just to Missouri, everybody, every, I mean, to everybody, it's just not a Missouri. Everybody's been in this, in this moment where you've, you, you've gotten in this position and you're at the end of your season and you're so close to making this big, bowl game and then you lose to a team that is not very good like so many teams have gotten into that position Mizzou's gotten into that position and then you do this and you get the ball back with the chance to do it and then you find yourself in a fourth and 17 like what or you find yourself in the K-State position where you get a delay of game like what are we doing here um like it's so crazy but yeah, I mean, everybody was pretty deflated at that moment. And then, and then I don't even know what happened in this, in this play. I don't know if it was, if they ran something that messed up. Do I, I, I think what happened is that Florida played zone mm-hmm. and Luther basically turned into Travis Kelsey and said, well, I'm kind of supposed to go there, but like, I'm just open right here. So I'm just going to go. Yeah, and Brady Cook found it. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing, it, and it was funny because Clint Cosgrove, who you know Mizzou fans all love, obviously rivals Clint Cos- Cosgrove, um, was like, I don't know what Florida was doing. Everybody in the stadium knows he's going to Luther Burden to the go of Missouri Luther Burden, and yeah, he just jumped up and he caught it. And there's four four Florida defenders all standing around him, and even a, a Florida guy like tried to like wave it off like it was incomplete before Luther even caught it, which was ridiculous. But yeah, amazing catch. And I mean, props to Brady. After hell of a throw. Hell of a throw. And then after he made that fourth and 17 pass, he became a completely new quarterback on that drive. Completely new quarterback. He made a great throw to Makai. He made a great throw to Mookie. And then just let Mebus do his thing. And it just changed. That fourth and seventeen changed everything. Like at that point, I was like, "Oh yeah, this game's over." They were, they, yeah. There, there was little doubt. I thought that they were going to go score after that. So, you know, when they're facing fourth and seventeen, clock is stopped. Yeah. And Eli Drinkwitz, he calls timeout, and I said, "Um, that's not really when you want to use it, right? Clock's already stopped. You now don't have one." But Ben Fredrickson made a good point. He said, but you have to have the right play. Like, if you don't like what you're in, or it, 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 nothing else matters if you don't get this. So it, it doesn't matter if you yeah. don't have any timeouts. So during the timeout, we're sitting there, and we can hear the Florida radio guys because the visiting radio booth is literally right next to the press box, and the windows are like this thick. And they're on the radio, and he says, uh, it is just so incredible. Incredibly unlikely to convert fourth and seventeen, and Ben and I both looked at each other like, "Oh, dude, don't don't say that on the radio broadcast, man." I'm like, we all know it, but don't say it, you know. And then, and then obviously they did, and then they get down to the twenty nine with thirteen seconds left. I would have kicked from the twenty nine. I would have just sent me the really? thirteen seconds left because a lot of things can happen, right? What if you get a bad snap? Yeah. This has happened before. What if somebody just blows a block? What if somebody false starts or holds? What if Brady slips? What if somebody doesn't get out of bounds? Like so many things can happen with no timeouts. 
that I'm not sure I would have done it, but Drinkwitz trusted his team to make the play. They made the play. So, like I was saying on Thursday night after the basketball game, I no longer really question what Dennis Gates does because he just waves his hand and it turns to fairy dust and magic. So good for him. That that's a, look. I I'm I wasn't sure about a couple of the things Eli did on that last round, but they all worked. So shut up. That's why he's down there and and I'm up there. You know, running a blog in the press box. Okay, we also talk about how when Florida had the ball before they kicked that field goal, they ran a pass play and he ran out of bounds. Biggest play of the game. Yeah. Like we all what? immediately oh, said, like, oh, they just saved Missouri 20 sets. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, why did they, you do they were, that? Like, it was so weird because their offensive scheme was pretty impressive. And they have some guys over there. And they just looked like they hadn't been coached in weeks. I mean, so many false starts and delay of games and timeouts out of delay of games and running out of bounds with a minute and 30. It was wild. Billy Napier in the second half had to at least call two timeouts to show, uh, what was Max Brown, is that his name? Um, I think so. I didn't really. Yeah. To show him where the play clock was. It's like, you've got to look right there. Like, that's where the play clock is. Um, like, and that, that's what they showed on the TV broadcast. He's like pointing at the play clock. He's like, you have to pay attention right here to get the snap off. And obviously that's a dude, that's that kid's first time right. playing in like major college football. Uh, so I'm not shocked by that, but still having to spend two timeouts when you're in the hunt to try to upset a top 10 team, just to show your quarterback where the play clock is, is less than an ideal but, situation. I mean, that, that going out bounce though, that was the biggest play of the game. Yeah. Thought, I mean. I, I don't know if Missouri wins the game if he just falls down. Just mm. fall down. And it could, we were talking, but it's, it's the old thing, right? Do you, do you run and just force him to use the timeout or do you actually try to get a first down? Because we were talking before that play, Florida could have gotten a first down at the seven. And I was saying, so what you tell your team is, okay, line up on the seven-yard line. If they get to you, don't tackle them. Like throw them in the end zone from there. Yeah, because if they get a first down and they don't score, we're not getting the ball back and we're going to lose. So, like, let them score, but only if they get to the seven. I don't really know how you teach a football player to do that, right? Like, here's the seven yard line. If he gets there, stop trying to tackle it. But, <laughs> but that was my approach. Um, but I mean, yeah, it was that was a really, really not super smart play. No. And when he, that was one of those things he like went out of bounds. I was like, oh my gosh, he actually did it. He actually went out. Of, it's it's one of those things that I yell at my TV just to be like, uh, you know, try to manifest it. I guess, uh, just like go out of bounds. And he actually did it. I was like, wait a second. Our whole section was like, oh my gosh, did he just do that? Like everybody in our section who doesn't play football knew that he shouldn't do yeah. that. Yeah, you you should do it. But an incredible drive, a legacy drive, possibly for uh, for Brady Cook there uh, when it comes down to it and. There was some chatter with the people I was watching with. Do do they try to center the ball and then spike it and then try to get Mevis out there so it's more of a straight shot? And because the angle was a little weird, right? It was one of those close angled field goals. Um, I believe they tried to center it right against Auburn last year, and they did get it centered, but then Mevis still missed it. Um, and that was one of the things that I thought of. I was like, you can center it all you want. You still got to make the kick regardless. Uh, but that was that was one of the things I was talking about. But no timeouts going into like that last, uh, the fourth down, as you mentioned, Gabe, there's a big timeout call. But you're right, got to have the right play call, and they did. If you look at the, if you look, watch the playback, the there's a route coming behind Luther. Um, yeah, it's it's Theo Weiss who's basically boxing out a defender when yes. Luther catches. He's, he's just standing. Yeah, um, and it and it's great, and it's good to see Luther. Uh, you know. For that to happen with Luther Burton is great for um, on so many levels for Missouri, right? When it comes to uh, looking at just like the big picture of the Missouri football program, to have a guy that's a five-star athlete stay home in his home state uh, and 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 come up in a big play like that at a big moment, just sh- to be able to showcase that to other, you know, maybe St. Louis wide receivers that might want to come to Missouri who are five-star guys. Um, that could potentially still flip, but anyway, you could still show that to to people uh, to, to to as a good recruiting thing. But I mean, a huge. I mean, the 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 crowd there sold out crowd. Um, I believe it was the fifth straight one. That's the longest streak they've had in Furrowfield history, which I was kind of surprised by that uh, when I saw that note come out. 
Um, but yeah, they, uh, Cody Schrader again uh, had another big game, 148 yards on the ground. The offense was uh, movable. We'll talk a little bit more about the offense. First, got to tell you about our friends at homefieldapparel.com. As you see, as always, I'm rocking the hoodie. Um, love the hoodie. What shirt is that, Maggie? Is that, is that a like, crew neck? Yeah, it's a crew neck. Ooh, pretty old school tiger. It's a really cool yeah. one. I don't know if I've seen that one actually, or have know, pretty cool. Close attention enough to to find that one on homefieldapparel.com. But listen, they got their Black Friday sale going on right now. They got all kinds of deals going on. So if you uh, love college merch as much as we do, make sure to go to homefieldapparel.com. Go check them out. 20% off on the Black Friday deal. That runs uh, for a pretty long time um, when it comes to it. I'm pulling up the information right now on the, on the Black Friday deal because I think it goes through uh, into December. Uh, where you can get the 20% off uh, for the home field apparel. And they've got more than just the Missouri Tigers. They've got uh, Tulane. Team's hot right now if you want to support the Tulane uh, Hurricanes. But uh, they Green, it goes, wave. Green wave. I get, See, okay, this is what happens with me. I get Tulsa and Tulane mixed up. Both start with T. Both have really cool mascots. Both are water-based. And I just get them confused a little bit. Um Regardless, sale uh, goes into November 26th is where the sale goes to. 20% off the entire site with code Black Friday. This is the biggest discount that they offer all year, so do not miss out. Uh, and listen, they're not going to guarantee any uh, any anything that's on their site, so it's first come, first serve when it comes there. Um, it's a perfect gift, too. I know I've got a, got a couple of buddies that I'm going to be uh, getting some uh, some Nebraska stuff for. Uh, so I got I to gotta do that for some Christmas shopping here. I'm going to go ahead and hit up that Black Friday. 20% off the entire side with with uh, code Black Friday. So go check that out. Uh, get your gifts. Get yourself all set up with everything at homefieldapparel.com. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back coming up right after this to talk more Mizzou versus Florida. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, let's talk about Cody Schrader a little bit here because he has another big game. I mean, listen, it wasn't it wasn't a Tennessee game, right? He didn't have 200 yards on the ground. Still had a 148 on the ground. A good performance from uh, Cody there. Uh, 20, 1,272 yards for Cody this season. 
pretty darn good season. He's six now on the Tigers' all or season single season rushing chart, and he just needs 333 past Tyler Beatty's record that he set back in 2021. Um, again, you know, Gabe, we talked about it last week about Cody Schrader's story and how uh, how he, he's it's almost unreal, right? And that what you said was if he, if somebody wrote it, you'd say it was too cheesy, um, and it and it would be, but. Again, Tyler Beatty, or I read Tyler Beatty. Tony Schrader has a good day coming up on on uh, on uh, hit, hit the Tyler Beatty record, which really opened things up for I think Luther and Theo and all those other guys to get things going. It's what we talked about last week, right? Like they have different ways to win games. Cody Schrader had a, it was like 114 yards at halftime, which means he only had 34, 38, something like that after halftime. But you know what happened after halftime? He always had a 77-yard touchdown catch. And Missouri went on a 65-yard drive to win the game. And Brady Cook threw the ball. And Mookie Cooper and Makai Miller and Luther Burton all had big plays. So it is, again, it's it's what I've been saying for a while. Like, they have won games where Brady's thrown for 400, where Cody's run for 200, where the defenses won the game, where their punter has thrown a game-changing touchdown pass. I mean... They have won games in so many different ways that it's like when, I mean, you know, Darius Robinson said last night, I wasn't good. Ennis Rakestraw posts on Twitter, worst game of the year, but it was a win, you know? So that that's, and that's, I think, we want this to be a video game and perfection. And in the, in the moment, there was a lot of frustration last night, but mm-hmm. All that they had to do was score one more point than Florida and one more point than Arkansas, and they are going where you want them to go. And they did. It's better to me to play that worst game of the year in a game when you're playing a team like Florida, you're playing a team like Arkansas, as opposed to when you're playing a team like Georgia. And yes, we lost to Georgia, and that still sucks, but at least you know you went into that Georgia game playing one of your better games. You made mistakes, but playing one of your better games because if you go into a game like that and you play one of your worst games, then you never even had a shot. Like At least you had a shot to to win that game. You know what I mean? So if you, you go into like you wanted to have a shot to, to beat Georgia. Like, if you would have at least never known what it could have been, I mean, that would have really sucked. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Like, I would have at least... You know? I don't know. Yeah. What I think is really interesting about this Missouri offense, and this isn't something that... um that I knew prior to, you know, when I started to sit down and do some research for this, for the podcast here, uh, they are really close to doing something that Missouri has never done in, in history. Um, as it turns out, they're 228 rushing yards away from having a 3,000 yard passer, a 1,000 yard receiver, and a 15,000 yard rusher. 1,500. So. 1,500. Oh, yeah. like- um, 1,500. My bad. Uh, an extra, I added an extra zero in my head. Uh, but still, with uh, three thousand, Brady Cook has over three thousand yards. Luther has over a thousand. Um, Cody is incredibly close to fifteen hundred uh, rushing yards, 228, uh, Something that can happen. Uh, that'll be the first time in program history uh, that that would happen for an offense. And again, I go back to August when we were talking about this football team. Not something I would have guessed that Missouri would have had a three thousand yard passer, a thousand yard receiver, and a fifteen hundred yard rusher. Not something I would have guessed. Yeah, Cody has, uh, like you said, he's sixth all-time single season, and like I think should get to the third. Um, you know, first or second is is possible, but it'll take a couple big days. Yeah. Um, Luther has more receiving yards in a single season than anybody since Denario Alexander in two thousand nine. Um, you know, it's the and. Last night was what Missouri never had last year, which is all right. Your defense is getting gapped. Like it, they're just they're getting beat. They don't have their starting linebackers. They can't figure this out. They don't know where the ball is, and they're exhausted. You're gonna have to go score. Like you get, a, I said at one point, 
after Florida's second touchdown drive in the third quarter, it was just kind of obvious Missouri can't really stop. So you're going to have to have the ball last, and you're going to have to score most of the times you touch it. And Missouri went and did it, you know. Um, and so I think uh, deserve a lot of credit for that. But it, again, there have been times where the defense has carried this team, you know, what last night, but there have been times. And they still got those turnovers last night, which is great. But somebody was, I was talking to somebody after the game, and they were like, oh, our offensive line played so terrible last night. And did they block as good what? as they, I know. Somebody told did me that last night. Well, it, right. I know. And I'm like, and it's crazy because I feel like Cody Schrader kind of silently had 148 yards. When I looked at the stats, I went, holy crap, he had 148 yards last night? I didn't even know. So much of it was early. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know he had that many yards. And I honestly didn't even know that Luther Burden had 158 yards. I, I mean, I knew that he had quite a few yards, but I didn't know he had that many yards. But it was funny because. I didn't. I know that the the offensive line has obviously played a lot better in the last few games than I think that they played in the beginning of the year, and I think that that's maybe why it didn't seem like. I and Cody Schrader played so great last week that just maybe it seemed like a little bit of a downer from last week to this week, even though they didn't play terribly. But you have to look in comparison to last year to this year, and like looking at the offensive line. If you think the offense would, if you think the offense didn't play as good this year, we were averaging 17 points a game last year. We we scored over 30. We would we score 33 points yesterday? The offense played fine. Yep. The offense played fine. Well, we gave up 31 points. That was the issue. The defense was the issue. There was you can't say anything else except that the defense was the issue yesterday. I, I just looked at the stats. Florida had a one sack for three yards. Missouri averaged 7.6 yards of play and had 508 yards. And anybody that says the offense didn't play well should, like, literally that person should not be allowed to go to another football game. <laughs> Somebody who understands football should have their ticket. And that person should have to go watch a different sport that they understand better than this. I will so, say that. That was one of your friends telling them they can't go to the game. <laughs> not a lot. If, if, you're, if you're listening, if you're listening. That, that was me. No, Power is in con on Twitter. <laughs> Nate Pete had a, a nice run, 16 yard run for old Nate Pete. He got out of the space yeah. and said, Hang on a minute. Hang on. They, well, they, they, they played uh, Pete and Schrader were in the backfield a couple times together because Cody played every snap in that game. Never came off the field on offense. Uh, and know. Nate Pete had a couple carries, you know, and they did some different things. That The touchdown that wasn't a touchdown to Brett Norfleet was Run. a really nice concept you know um which is his own fault thing i was not his it was not his fault it was the slot receivers it was the slot receivers okay the slot they were lined up cody schrader was on the line the slot receiver was off the line and for some reason the slot receiver stepped up to the line and waved cody back that covered up north fleet and made him an ineligible receiver Uh, okay 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 or as or as drinkwood said after the game Slot receiver decided to get on the line of scrimmage, which uh, I don't really know why. <laughs> For some reason or something like that. He said there was a couple of things that happened that he had no he didn't know why because they'd never happened yeah. before. Um and, great play, great play call. Incredible design, truthfully. Yeah, I, I literally like Brady had not even cocked his arm and I said, Oh, Northley touchdown. Like that's how open that was. Yeah. Um it's too bad. He, his celebration was nice too. That dude. He was he was excited that he got that touchdown. That's too bad he's gonna have to try to replicate that again when he gets another touchdown. Um, but it listen, I think Missouri's using Norfleet a whole lot more, and I and I like that in the passing game. He's been incorporated a whole lot. I think he had a couple big catches too on on some third downs even last week and in the, into this week too. Brady's starting to trust him uh, a bit more and using Norfleet with a you know it's got a huge front. Uh, kids big and, and to be able to use him in this offense I think is is uh, is is fun as uh, as we look uh, ahead but no I, that's why I wanted to give a shout out to Nate Pete because Nate Pete two, two rushes for 18 yards one 16 yard run obviously another two yard rush but we talk about uh, Nate Pete got in there got made made, made a little bit of noise um, in the offensive line I remember how to block when he was in there maybe he thought it was Cody <laughs> who knows who knows yeah, you like to see it. Senior night in Como. Oh yeah, Como Como kid. Well, I mean, with the whole senior night thing being kind of like folded into all of this, right? Too, there was a lot of seniors that stepped up in this game. 
Um, and it just, well, I mean, there were 27 of them. Odds were. Uh, yeah, fair. Uh, it just does seem a little bit poetic. I found I found this too, uh, courtesy of Missouri Stats Information. Schrader uh, had his 400-yard rushing performance in a row in his seventh of the season. His streak is the longest by a Mizzou running back since Henry Josie in 2011. Uh, so he is putting up 100-yard games at a wild clip. He has 5,000 rushing yards in his career. That goes back to his time at uh, D2 Truman State. Hey, did you guys know he played for a D2 team? I don't know if you guys have heard that recently, but uh, he has played read, for a D2. I've read about it a time or two. But 5,086 yards for his career. Uh, pretty solid career there for old, uh, for old Cody Schrader. Uh, getting, uh, getting that 5,000-yard mark as well. And look, Brady Cook's also doing a lot of good things quietly as well. I don't, I don't, I, it's tough because I don't feel like Brady Cook's getting, he's getting credit, but I don't think he's getting enough credit for what he's been doing, uh, if, if that makes sense. But because he's been putting up some pretty good numbers. He's regressed a little bit. Um, I don't think he looked very good for about three quarters last night. That's fair. The, the basking game wasn't, now look, I also didn't think anybody was getting open in the first half. I, I didn't think he had anywhere to throw the ball, but I don't know. Some was a little bit off in the passing game and then it, it started working, but I think you called it a legacy drive. Early. I mean, that is, that's got to be the best drive of this career, right? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know anything that, that's that, uh, you know, fourth and 17, and, and you go down and, and lead them to a touchdown drive. And then I, I'm sure you guys saw the, the picture of uh, him yeah. up in the stands, which was, I mean, I said, like, if that kid tweeting that picture doesn't kind of give you chills, then you're not really into this whole thing. You heard about that, you know, because because that was that was amazing. That's a mural. Like if that is not up on like a mural somewhere at Mizzou, like in like the student union or something, like that. It's a sweet picture. It's been incredible what he's done uh, to just kind of silence all the all the critics, all the haters. Obviously, there's still going to be some there, but uh, you know. 6,000 yard mark in career yards. A very impressive for him in a career. Uh, he became the third Mizzou quarterback to collect 6,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards in a career, only behind Brad Smith and James Franklin. Um, so he's going to be up there with some pretty good names when you look back at the leaderboard. Um, but he's, and he's got, he's got a whole other year. Yeah. I, I mean, he didn't walk. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's at that point coming back. The Hulk. Um, that's, it, it it's great. It's exciting. Uh, I love to see it. The shot of him and Cody on the sideline, uh, uh, watching the field goal was pretty cool. Is there a way that Cody has another year left? I know he's played six years, but uh, can he finagle the system a little bit? No. Okay. Um, it we're starting to get all of these like COVID super seniors out of like college football. Uh, I do think it's. There's still there's still some there, but we're start it's starting to like okay now you really cannot come back. Now we're actually going to change the locks on the facility and you cannot come back and play anymore. Uh, that's what it's getting to at this point. But uh, I think it's funny like you talk about Stetson Bennett last year, right? That dude was 24 years old playing with a bunch of 18 year olds. No wonder he was getting he was so good. Like he's 24 years old. You talk about a lot of these guys uh, in that in that realm like that. I just think, I think that's a funny way to put it, but anything on the, anything more on the Florida game before we put a bow on it and starts to look ahead to uh, Arkansas. I, I think it's, it's worth mentioning. I don't know how many people saw this, but, uh, Harris Robinson went to the coaching staff last week and asked that his Jersey say Mizzou across the back rather than his last name. Uh, and he just said in his press conference, he said, look, this, this place is like, changed my life and, and meant this like he is he, so many of these kids his story Brady's story Cody's story like this is what this is what you say you want out of your team right uh, whether that I mean this is like this is the guy I want representing this school that that I love that I spend all this time going back to and obviously you want them some representing your school a little bit more when they're 10 and 2 than when they're 6 and 7 but I think it's I think it, it, things like that are are worth recognizing. That was kind of a, a cool uh, thing that Darius did, and uh, yeah. you know he was talking about going and getting his rock afterwards. And he said, "No, I got two rocks because I got one last year too because I thought I might be done." And he's like, "Oh, maybe I was coming back, but I want to make sure I had something, so I went over and got one last year too." <laughs> and just for some for some people too, like 
that don't know this, and I know that they probably saw it last night, but like Mookie walked, but like you said, doesn't mean he's leaving. Right. Theo walked. He still technically has another year. Doesn't mean he's leaving. I mean, I think guys like Theo who didn't play a lot at OU, I think he was maybe misused a little bit at OU and maybe benefit from staying another year not saying he will, but could benefit. So just because they walked doesn't mean they're leaving. I will say I was watching the game last night with an OU fan and he saw Theo East's 77 yard touchdown and he said, wait a second, where, where was that at? I was like, well, that's that's not that's not his fault. That's your guys' fault. That you didn't uh, see no, that. I mean, we we were all watching that play and going, I didn't know we could run like that. Yeah, like, I mean, we haven't seen that. And, uh, and, and it also, like, that play only happened because Mookie Cooper and Luther Burton had incredible it was an incredible. That was an electric play. Like that was, was that one? Was that the that was that the next play after the fumble recovery? Was it like did they run the ball once and then do that? Um, it was very soon after the fumble. Very recovery. shortly after. Yeah. Talk about a momentum swing. I can't believe they didn't review it. I mean, the whole crowd cheered that they didn't review it because that was like a four-hour game. It's almost four hours long. It was insane because they reviewed everything. The Brady, I don't know why they reviewed the Brady Cush touchdown because it very yeah, clearly looked like yeah, he was over. I mean, bad. they reviewed everything. That officiating crew. That crew was interesting. I wasn't, uh, I, I don't think the white hat was buff enough. I like my officials to be buff. And he wasn't buff enough for my left kid. <laughs> um, but no, let's, let it, before we move on to the Arkansas game, I got to tell you about our friends at uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. There's so much to be thankful for this week. Family, friends, food, and NFL football all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. No matter your appetite, there's something for you. Money lines, parlays, props, live bets, and so much more. You name it, they've got it. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs will be taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Three-point favorites. Go check that out. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet five on the NFL Thanksgiving action and score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Eligibility to deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. All right. Looking over at our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, the Missouri Tigers are seven-point favorites on the road as they head to Arkansas, an Arkansas team that is reeling, um, that has not had the season that they anticipated to have, Gabe. Uh, early thoughts on Mizzou-Arkansas here. Arkansas literally has one thing to play for, that is spoil Missouri season. They can't make a bowl game. Um, they can't do the the win one for Sam Pittman, who's getting fired because Hunter Yurichek said on Sunday morning he's not getting fired. He's their coach in 2024. Um, so really all they have is, hey, let's go wreck Missouri's life for a day, which sometimes that's, that's enough. Um, my gut instinct on this one is Missouri had its quote-unquote letdown last night, right? I, I think that game actually in a lot of ways maybe works for Eli Drinkwitz because he can say, coming off a win, he can say, guys, you're this close. Like you literally, the door is right there. It is open and it is being held for you. All you have to do is walk through it and not trip. But if you mess around like you did last week, you're going to trip and it, it, you're going to regret it. You know, so... um. Neutral field, obviously, this would would probably be a little higher. Um, I know Arkansas beat Florida, but transit property doesn't mean anything in college football. Um, No. It's all about who shows up. That I I think the one concern is KJ Jefferson is he's good and he's mobile. 
right? He, he's mobile, and that has has troubled Missouri at times. If Rocket Sanders is is back and playing, which I don't know if he played last night, I assume he did because he played, you know, two weeks ago. Um, but they they've got some guys. They don't have as many guys as Florida, but they have some guys that they can give you problems. Florida did beat FI, or I mean, Arkansas beat Florida International, uh, 44 to 20, which, I mean, they should beat FIU. Um, I, I have been on record. I, everyone on this, listening to this podcast probably knows my feelings on Arkansas and how they are as a football team, Maggie. Uh, so I'll let you, um, I'll, I'll let you talk about the Razorbacks before I say anything. I think at the beginning of the season, and obviously we didn't know how Arkansas was going to play out because as per usual, I think they picked them finishing in the top half of the SEC. And I mean, probably like we said, KJ, KJ is similar. I feel like to Anthony Richardson, where they kind of like as an individual, he's a good player, but like on the team, he was like, you know, the team's never as good as the individual player. Right. I, I mean, I think he's a little kind of oversized right now as a quarterback. He needs to slim down a little bit to be an NFL quarterback. But... I'm fair. Yeah. But Brady Cook demolished Arkansas last year. Like, on his own. I think he had... I just looked this up because I knew it was... He had 238 passing yards, 138 rushing yards. Um, I think he, on his own out like out um offense gained arkansas what yeah. outgained yeah outgained that's what i was looking for <laughs> i said out offense uh, um yeah outgained um arkansas and i know that was close i think we only beat them by three but yeah um and i did look up um also the um the uh rocket sanders because i was curious how many he had two carries for 15 yards against FIU mm. yesterday. So I'm, maybe they just didn't want to play him against. Yeah. Again, and against Auburn last or on the 11th, he had eight carries for zero yards. So I'm not sure how much they're really yeah. utilizing him. It doesn't seem like very much. Yeah. He played a lot. Of Arkansas games. was Arkansas was picked fifth in the list in the preseason. Ahead of yeah. Auburn and Mississippi state. So yeah, they lost. It's not really all that. That, yeah, but that's not really <laughs> all that wrong. All like, the... you're all three really bad. <laughs> For sure. At least Arkansas has KJ Jefferson, which is better than any individual thing either of those other two have. Yeah. I mean, who and who knows? They might just be sitting, I mean, they might just be sitting Rocket Sanders for a few weeks or, you know, not playing him that much, and he could be fine for Friday. I don't, I really don't know. I assume him and KJ won't be at Arkansas next year. I think this is... Rockets junior year. And that's I the word. That's the word that they will likely be playing college football at another college. Mm, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know why any of them would say. So, yeah, I just don't see. The only thing, Gabe, you said that um, the only thing they have to play for is to ruin Mizzou season. The only other thing I could say that they would maybe be playing for, unless if KJ's playing for another college, I don't know, would be KJ senior senior day i but i don't know that's the only thing i don't think any of them care to be perfect i've seen arkansas fans on twitter asking missouri fans to buy tickets so that arkansas yeah. will hurt sam Pittman. so that's yeah. how that's going i don't i don't think any of them care i don't think any fans care i don't think any players care i don't see mizzou losing this game i think mizzou is locked in after yesterday i don't see how they're not locked in after yesterday i i think they got scared and i think they're going to be ready to go I don't understand how Arkansas can bring back Sam Pittman. Um, I don't understand that. I don't get that. And if I was an Arkansas fan, I probably wouldn't be too stoked about that. Is this, is his buyout crazy? Is that what it is? Or no? If you believe the internet rumors, I usually do. Possible that they may have gauged interest of one Gustav Malzahn and found that maybe he wasn't super interested and decided to let try to ride this out another year um i i don't know i i want to be clear i don't know if that's true or not 
But when you're on the podcast and you uh, talking about a team you don't cover, you're allowed to just say things that That's may have been true. true and say, as long as you preface it with, this is what the internet said, everybody should understand there's at least a 51% chance it's totally false. Yeah. No, that, that, those are actually the rules of podcasting. And the and the internet in general. I didn't have the I I didn't get that tablet, but I'm glad. That, that yeah, I I might have forgot to forward you that email, but uh, those are those are our rules. Is we can if we don't cover them, we just say whatever we want and just say the internet said it. So that's that works. That works out great. Um, I have been on this uh, for a for a while that I think Arkansas is a bad football team, and I don't. They just there's nothing about the like. I guess KJ Jefferson is a redeeming quality about them. They did lose to an Auburn. They got blown out by an Auburn team that just got blown out by New Mexico State. Um, they lost to Mississippi State, who won the game seven to three. So they're finding ways. Mizzou has been finding ways to win games. We've been saying that a lot. They're finding ways to lose games. Uh, Arkansas, has, which is but, but also last year they beat Florida and like yeah. this is an SEC program. This is not like. It, it, what I said last week was, I think Missouri was going to beat Florida, but I didn't see a world where Florida wins that game. I didn't see a world where Arkansas wins this game. I don't think it's likely, but I don't think anybody should. It's like it's it's not Arkansas Pine, you know. It's it, it's an actual team that it's been a while, but they have beaten Missouri before. Has been a while indeed. As uh, looking at uh, Arkansas, one and six in the conference right now, bottom of the SEC West. Hey, Ar- Arkansas Vandy would be a good game right now. I think. I wonder what the line for that sucker would be. Um, might be it might be a pretty tough contest. But I agree. Going into this game, like it, this is this like has like let down written all over it, right? If you didn't encounter what you just encountered against Florida, uh, and this was one of the games even prior to the Florida game that I was thinking like. Boy, if they come out and they beat Florida by a couple touchdowns, like I am going to be worried about the Arkansas game because that just seems like that they could be a major letdown. I do think that you know, I don't, I don't doubt that Eli is going to have his team ready for this game. He'll, I, what I've learned that all good coaches like, I don't want to say make up narratives, but feed their team narratives uh, that might not necessarily be going on. I think I think Drigos has done a pretty decent job at giving his team a narrative this year. The one in the mini movie, I believe, against Georgia, uh, was he had like a really good speech about like we've already been at bottom, like nobody can like they can't take us any lower. Um, which I was like, damn, like that's that's a, that's a bar right there. Well, and like like perfect example after the Tennessee game last week, Blake Baker tweeted. Everybody said Missouri couldn't stop the run, and then tweeted the set. Literally nobody. <laughs> no, nobody said they couldn't stop the run. But that's this is the Kirby Smart effect. It is. It yeah. is the Kirby. Uh, Everyone said we'd go five and seven after we won the national championship. Kirby, nobody said that. Right. <laughs> Not a single said that you were going to go five and seven. <laughs> Brady Cook did say after the game last night. He said, "You know, we we've been at the bottom. We've had a lot of hard losses, and we don't want to go back. So, mm-hmm. like." You know, um, that like I think we want we want it to go from step one to step nine in like six seconds, right? And Eli's hired, and hey, it should just all be great. But uh, I don't know if they have this season if they didn't have last season, right? If they didn't Ooh. have the Auburn game and the Kentucky game and the Florida game, I, I don't know if this season happens. Um, you know, because they they did take something out of that. I mean that's I, I'm good in on that one there when it comes My out because I think and I think we we gotta give we gotta give Dennis Gate a little shout out for sure. I was gonna do the fastest five minutes engineer. in college basketball, and I was gonna just have you guys talk about the Missouri Minnesota game because when I was following the score of that game, I was. Listen, I did I did my part. I was following the score on the on the ESPN app uh, where I was watching the score. Then all of a sudden, I looked down, I look away to go do something. And I came back and I said, "Wait a second, this Missouri have a lead." Um, Caleb Grill ignited the spark there with his uh, ejection. I saw the video of it. Um, <laughs> I okay. Again, this is this is box score scouting by me, Gabe. So you can t- call me a fraud if you if you if uh, for this. But Missouri was like minus twenty something with him in the game, and then they would have been like plus twenty two without him. Um, shout out Dennis Gates for uh, for for. Saying Caleb Grill a spark there, but I'll let I'll let the people who actually watch basketball talk about basketball. Well, I joked 
when when Missouri came back, I was joking with some people. I said, Caleb Grill's technical ignites Missouri to come back, my column. And then, like, Dennis Gates gets on the postgame and says, we don't win without Caleb Grill's technical. He told me, Coach, I'm going to have to get a little fiery. Now, I don't think he intentionally got a technical. I'm not real sure it was what got them going. And, but, and again, if they want to use it, cool. Like, I'm good with it. Yeah. Um, because Thursday was simply further proof to me that at some point, Dennis Gates just raises his arms and says, this is how it will be. And then it ends up that way. Like, he just sprinkles fairy dust on everything and it all turns to gold. <laughs> and, uh, like, he he does that. Sometimes he's playing guys. I'm like, I don't really get this. And he tells us over and over, hey, this guy's good. Hey, this guy can do that. I really need this guy. And you don't believe him. And then it usually, I mean, by the end of last year, we're like, oh, my God, why can't Trey go million play? This is going to ruin everything. You know, and Dennis told us. Uh, so I just, like, I'm, I'm not really even joking. He just says things. So I'm like, yeah, I guess I should believe him because he seems to usually end up right. Did so in the video, people kept being like, Oh, yeah, he clearly made contact. Did he clearly make contact? I don't know if he clearly, I don't know if he deserved to get kicked out of the game. I also don't actually know if he was even fouled. Um, some people thought he was, I think that's all debatable. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what happened, but hey, it worked. And like the one thing I will say about is this is most coaches in that situation are screaming words that should not be televised at the player who just got picked out of the game with his team down 16. And Dennis didn't do that. He said, oh, I mean, and and, and people that know the situation know there's some backstory with Caleb, you know, um, and so he probably should handle him a little bit uh, differently than maybe he would some other guys. But um, no, he, he deserves credit for, you know, he, he just... You watched Dennis Gates in a game and you literally could not have any idea what's going on. You don't know if they're up by 60, down by 60. You don't really actually even know if there is a game going on or if he is just a mannequin standing on the sidelines. And and I say that like jokingly, but it obviously works because we've now seen his team come back from the from things enough and win enough of these close games. I think he's He's now nine and zero oh, engaged decided by five points or less at Missouri. Like that's not that's not an accident. That's not an accident. I'd follow that man to the end of the earth. <laughs> he he can start a cult. I'd join it in a heartbeat. Because I said that guy probably has this figured out. I'd probably, I'd join it right now. Um, I, I, like since you're the producer, can we just tell you to clip your own thing and put that out on social media? That's the, that's the promo for this show. If you had a cult, I'd join it. <laughs> I will mark oh, that. Did he, the title. If Dennis Gates had a cult, I would join it. Um, I'll stand by that claim, too. So if he actually does start a cult, I'm going to pickle. But um, <laughs> but still, uh, Missouri basketball, by the time you listen to this podcast, they've probably already played Jackson State. Uh, by the time we're recording this podcast, they have not played Jackson State. So we can't do any, any fancy podcast magic for you. Sorry about that. But uh, yeah. Uh, go Tigers. Uh, basketball is here. We have and no previews for you. <laughs> no, not listen. I, I don't know anything about Jackson State basketball, and I'm no. And, and you know what? I won't know anything about Jackson State basketball after they play you. That's fair. I, I don't. I. I was told on Twitter that I can't say that Missouri is football season because I haven't been to multiple Missouri football games this year. I was told that on Twitter. Um, so under, I, I think one of my posts. Yeah, it was. I was like, well, "What is going on?" I didn't know we we had to decide who could be a fan and not. Uh, we had a judge and jury. Are, are you allowed to say it's fall, or have you not participated in the, in enough fall activities to say that? I guess not. I, I guess better go to a pumpkin patch. Yeah, how many pumpkin patches and hay rides have you been on? I guess not. You can only say it's a certain season if you've been to multiple things of that season. Uh, that's what I learned right. this past week. So uh, that's what the internet taught us. Uh, Missouri does have uh, South Carolina State coming up on Wednesday the 22nd, then Loyola, Maryland on Saturday the 25th. So it's looking yeah. like I'm not going to watch a basketball game yeah. for a while. You know what tells you it's football season? Those three basketball games tell you it's football season. Bingo. 
All right, that's enough of this podcast. We appreciate you guys listening all the way until the end. Um, we'll be back next week. Um, hopefully, you have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy some time with uh, you and yours. We'll be back after Missouri plays Arkansas to give you a little bit, uh, a, a little bit more on this uh, Missouri football team as they head into uh, postseason play. It'll be an exciting time. Um, you're going to have the college football playoff committee rankings coming out on Tuesday. Don't really anticipate a whole lot of change there. Nothing really changed at the top as well. But uh, until next week, I'm Tucker Franklin. That's Gabe Yarman and Maggie Johnson. We'll be back with you soon. So until then, we will talk to you later. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.